Hello, everybody, and welcome to Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast. I am Bill, and joining me is Jim Boy Star. How you doing, Jim? Hey, Bill. How are you doing? I'm excited to do this Royal Rumble show. We're going to cover every Royal Rumble that was aired on a pay-per-view. This is a bi-weekly show, and it's going to be a lot of fun, but we're also going to call out some contradictions that might be happening in the Royal Rumble. Uh, and for the first two episodes, me and you are going to be by ourselves. Yes. But after that, we hope to have a guest every single time. Mm-hmm. We absolutely do. And one thing that's going to be fun is we're going to go – we're not going to go in order. That That's the that's the beauty of this show is we're not going to go in order. Um, but we're going to keep you sort of up to date. At that point in time on who was champion. And also we're going to talk about some of the other wrestling promotions that were around at that time, mainly here in the U.S. We're not worried about Japan or Mexico or, you know, Sweden, if there is one in Sweden. So, um, so um, yeah, so today we're going, to, we're going to talk about the very first Royal Rumble that was on television. And believe it or not, this is the only one that we are covering that was not a pay-per-view. This aired on the USA Network, and it aired opposite a pay-per-view, which I'll bring up in just a moment. So, uh, briefly, let's talk about what's happening in the WWF at this point in time in 1988. A uh, million dollar man tried to buy the world title from Hulk Hogan. Hulk said, hell no, not taking your money. So he gets Andre to try to take the belt for him. Uh, Honky Tonk Man and the Macho Man Randy Savage, they are still in a feud for the Intercontinental title, even though Randy Savage is with Elizabeth and Honky Tonk Man still wants Elizabeth. Well, also, should we know neither of those two are on the show? No, they are not, and it's very surprising, and we're going to mention that a little later um, during, you know, the match, how many people were surprised or not in it. And in in an odd twist of stories, the Islanders kidnapped the British Bulldogs' beloved mascot Matilda at a Superstars of Wrestling TV episode. So Matilda is missing. So I also want to mention here that in, like I said, first two episodes, me and you, then a guest, and we're going going in order all the way until 1993. Yes. That's when things get jumped around. Mm -hmm. And that's where the fun really begins. So, Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking of leaving us after 93, which we don't want you to, trust us, it's going to get fun. All right, now tell them about the format of this show, because this is going to be, this is interesting. Okay, so the format of the show is, uh, after we do our brief introductions in that, we're going to go through, uh, basically by segment of the Royal Rumble, and we're going to do it in five. So we're going to go one through five, and then six through ten, and then so on. So in this case, because there's only 20 competitors, we're only going to go through the 20. And... We're going to have a time limit, and it's going to be based upon what they say the time is for each entrant of the Royal Rumble. So today, it's every two minutes. So for this episode, we're going to have each segment until we get to the last group of five to do ten-minute segments where we talk about different stuff that is going on in the match, stuff that we noticed, and all that. But it does change. The time does change. There will be some that go a minute and a half, so we'll probably talk for about seven and a half minutes and so on. So we will do that, and we will have a timer. You have a timer. You guys might know when it's going to pop up. You might not. Just going to have to keep your ears open to see uh, how the time goes. It might fly fast. Right. Um, real quick. Let's mention the champions at this time for WWF. Hulk Hogan, obviously still the champion. Uh, This is like his fourth year by this point. Uh, Honky Tonk Man, Intercontinental Champion. 
Strike Force, Tito Santana and Rick Martel are the tag champions. Sensational Sherry is the women's champion. And the Glamour Girls of Judy Mernon and Leilani Kai are the women's tag team champions. Mm-hmm. Um, also want to mention real quick, uh, AWA, at this point in time in 1988, they're hanging on. Kurt Hennig is their world heavyweight champion at this time. He's he'll be end, or he'll end up being champion for over a year. Their tag champions are the Midnight Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. So we might hear from them real soon. And their women's champion, yes, they had a women's championship. Medusa was their women's champion. I didn't even know that. Okay. Yeah. And for Jim Crockett Promotions, NWA, they had a pay-per-view that night opposite of the Royal Rumble called the Bunkhouse Stampede. Uh, Ric Flair is their world heavyweight champion, obviously. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, by this point, it's like, oh, yeah, Ric Flair's champion. Um, Yeah, so he's their world champion. Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard are the world tag team champions. Dusty Rhodes is the United States champion. The Midnight Express are the United States Tag Team Champions. Remember, they had like a bajillion titles back then. Uh, The World Television Champion was Nikita Koloff. And I have to mention this one real quick because this is the only title change at this pay-per-view. Barry Windham goes into the Royal Rumble as the Western States Heritage Champion. Yes, that is a real belt. All right. All right, so I believe we are ready to jump into this thing. Yes, we are. Let's go. All right, so uh, the Royal Rumble, 1988. Uh, Vince, and Vince McMahon and Jesse Ventura are the commentators. They quickly talk about some of the rules. They don't go through all of them. And Vince brings up some of the people that are in it. He mentions Tito Santana, Hillbilly Jim, Junkyard Dog, Dino Bravo, One Man Gang, just to name a few. Then, uh, Howard Finkel is in the ring. He explains the rules to everyone, which is you start off with the two guys in the ring that drew one and two from a random lottery. Every two minutes, another person's going to enter. The process continues until everybody has come out. And elimination is when somebody goes over the top rope. Does not say to the floor. He just says goes over the top rope. Um, last man remaining at the end is declared the winner. So let's get through our first five. Entry number one is Bret Hart. Number two is Tito Santana. Number three, Butch Reed. Number four, Jim Nyhart. And number five, Jake Roberts. And what I'm going to try to do here is at least for this episode, keep track of the eliminations. Mm -hmm. And Butch Reed is the first eliminated in this section. Yes. uh, Making him the first eliminated on this particular podcast. You know, there was a lot of things that stuck out. Uh, One was the fact that no one has any theme music coming in. Yeah, nobody does. Secondly, Bret Hart and Tito Santana, number one and number two, both in the ring already when it starts. Mm -hmm. Usually people are all about, all right, number one, and they get their own entrance. Number two, they get their own entrance. So this was definitely different as well. And so far, I have to say that it is a very good get-to-know-what-the-Royal-Rumble is. Mm -hmm. Um, Although in the intros, when they get the rules there is a very confused child that that he's like what what's going on yes <laughs> he just to, he just yeah, has his look yeah to be fair i do feel like when i probably first heard about the royal rumble i was probably a little confused as well mm-hmm. as a child as well so i can't really blame him uh the old, the other thing that this showcased for this group there was a three-on-one situation at one point because Bret Hart and Jim the Anvil Neidhart, both of the Hart Foundation, mm-hmm. and uh, and Butch Reed, also a bad guy, they did a three-on-one on Tito for a while, showing that hey, it's all this is all fair. This can yeah. absolutely happen. And, and I and I like that part because 
Vince or Jesse's like, well, you can't complain, McMahon. You know, it's totally legal. Three against one. There's nothing the referees can do about it. And like when you hear Vince and he, and you see some of the people come out, he's like, oh no, here comes Jim Neihardt. Santana's in a lot of trouble now. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it sounds like. You know, like from the movies where it's like, oh, will anybody come and save him? You know, sort of, <laughs> sort of like that. Um, one that thing, was your damsel in distress. Exactly, except there is no damsel here. One right. thing that I notice in this er- early on, and it doesn't happen too often, but I did notice it early on, was the timer was not always shown for the next entrant. What do you think that is? Um, I think part of it might be they maybe they forgot, and the other part of it might be that you know they didn't want to do the clock. So there's that possibility that they may have forgotten, or they just didn't want to put it up because mm-hmm. the people in the arena. Uh, this is in Hamilton, Ontario. For those who don't know, they don't have the clock. That. And that's something I didn't put in my notes, but they do. They don't have the clock. They don't have the countdown. Oh, so I didn't even catch that. All right. Yeah, because it took me a little while. Because they never count down. The fans never counted down one time during this. Um, you know, it does make sense because one thing overall with this Royal Rumble, I thought was interesting. And, and maybe it got a little bit better towards the second half. Mm-hmm. But I felt like the crowd wasn't really that enthusiastic about people coming out. But now, I, if, if they didn't have a time, if they didn't have a clock, that makes way more sense. Because then you could be watching the ring and then like, oh, someone's out now. Mm-hmm. Like, I noted that once Jake Roberts got in the ring, and then once he eliminated butch reed that's when the crowd got hot and that's when the attention of the crowd was right there really from that point until the end of the match to me Mm -hmm. was that exact moment because you know for a while like you mentioned we had the three on one and it's like oh god you know is tito ever gonna get any help and here comes roberts to make the save and then when he eliminates reed the the crowd goes nuts and you know then it breaks down and then the fans are really into it mm-hmm. i do want to take it take some time to mention right now that this i have definitely not seen this royal rumble and it should be also noted that we have a special um host q a between myself and you mm-hmm. that's on that's podcasting.com and is it also on your uh, your feed as well? It is. It is under, or it is on the That Wrestling Show feed. Uh, just type in That Wrestling Show in the iTunes store, and it's right there, and you guys can check out our lovely Q&A that we did. Plus, your, plus you, your show, That Wrestling Show, is an all-wrestling podcast, and I think people that like this will probably like that as mm-hmm. well. You talk about various different promotions, yes. whereas I talk about the Now That's What I Call Music series on my other and, and, and every And every once in a while, we like to throw in uh, you know, something different. Like recently, uh, my co-host, Fro, and I, um, we did... Uh, history on respective countries so i did uh my norway quiz which was a pop quiz and he did uh his u.s quiz so interesting all right i didn't do too bad i I was proud of myself so but anyway if you if you just so you know if you check out that interview you'll know like what time what period of wrestling fan we are um you'll know that bill obviously he's still doing the show he is a uh I would say you're a hardcore fan. You follow yeah. a lot of promotions. Whereas I may, I don't know if I'd even say casual, but I don't really watch much right. these days. Which is what, to me, makes this is going to make this show very, very different than maybe other wrestling mm-hmm. podcasts out there. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I'm plus, more of a nostalgia guy yeah, myself. Plus, plus, we're focusing on one specific thing, and it's something that everybody loves. Mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't love the Royal Rumble? Well, here's the thing from from this one I want to point out, and 
all of these guys that are in this Royal Rumble are in there. They are people that or wrestlers that are part of a full time schedule. And there's something that I kind of miss about that aspect of the Royal Rumble, because these days you kind of like, oh, it's a surprise, like someone's coming in Mm -hmm. and, you know, they're not going to win. They'll probably last not even 10 minutes total, if that. Yeah, I kind of miss when like most of the Rumble were guys that were always there. Yeah. And and that's something that's great about at least the first decade of the Rumble, maybe decade and a half, are these are guys that are full-time, on the roster, always there, and, you know, they're competing on a weekly basis. You know, right. you, you don't have somebody who's a part-timer or working in Hollywood who ends up winning it so yeah and the other thing is i don't know like i i know back then like if you wanted to you could make so many different stars in one royal rumble match Mm -hmm. in my opinion you can have the iron man person which in this match ventura tries to kind of put bret hart in that role for a little bit and uh but like really it's not that big of a deal like, I don't think overall he stayed in there that long compared to other people right. that would be considered Iron Men later on in the uh, history of the Rumble. Yeah, like, uh, if, like if you compared what Brett went through to, say, what Bob Backlund did, you know, it's comparing, you know, apples to, um, like, candy, you know. <laughs> one's better and one is, you know, it's okay to have, but it's not that good. Interesting. I'm going to start using apples to candy. <laughs> I was trying to think of some other fruit. It, well, it's apples and oranges. Thank That's you. the term. I couldn't think of it. Thank you. I'm like, apples and candy. Apples and candy, yep. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. So it's interesting to me how different this one is compared to, like, what it would become post ruthless aggression era mm-hmm. i guess you would say because i feel like that is where they start putting a focus on oh this guy's back for tonight and he's gonna be out within four minutes right um yeah so there's this is a solid group and so far if you're a first timer watching this royal rumble i think that this is this is um Ten, not too much nine, to eight, uh, seven, so yeah six. All right, so that's our timer, and we're going to go now to entrance 6 through 10. Uh, 6 was Harley Race, 7 was Jim Brunzel, 8, Sam Houston, 9, Danny Davis, and 10, Boris Zukov. I must have been really lazy in my note for this session because <laughs> I wrote down... Tito Santa eliminated. <laughs> ho, 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 arriva. You know, when, I, I, I want to say this real quick. When I was going through um, who was champion of uh, Jim Crockett promotions, after Nikita is Mike Rotunda, and then in the notes it says Rotuna uh, was also the Florida State. I'm like, Rotuna? What the hell is a Rotuna? But... Yeah. You know, my bad handwriting always comes to play on now that's what I call podcasting constantly. I'm glad that it's now following me into – well, this wasn't bad handwriting. This was me yeah. not writing N and A on the man's name. Santa. Remember when Santa was at the Royal Rumble? You know what? Uh, well, I'm sure we're going to get to that. Uh, but why – you know, it makes me wonder – why didn't WWE do like some kind of commercial with Tito Santana as Santa as oh. a joke? Oh, that would have been to, good. To sell merchandise. That would have been good. Oh, man. The holiday season is right around the corner, guys. Just a few months. Yep. Let's make it happen. Tito Santa. Yep. Uh, <laughs> this had me thinking, because you told me this, and I think it's worth to discuss for this. Mm -hmm. There's another show going on this night. Yes. 
Tell people about that. Okay, so the other show... Uh, oh, wait a minute. Was anybody eliminated during this part of the Rumble? Yeah, yeah Tito Santa. Oh, Santana. That's right. You did say that. Um. Okay, so the Bunkhouse Stampede was on pay-per-view that night. And this was held at the Nassau Coliseum in Long Island. So, so Jim Crockett went into Vince McMahon territory. And... They drew 6,000 people to this event. Okay. There were only four matches on this show. Hmm. Uh, Nikita Koloff, like I mentioned, was TV champion at this time. He went to a 20-minute time limit draw with Bobby Eden to start the pay-per-view. Right. Then Larry Zabisco defeats Barry Windham to become the Western States heavyweight champion. And Zabisco ends up becoming the last Western States heavyweight champion. Oh, okay. There's only two of them. Such an honor. Okay. Know, right? Um, Road Warrior Hawk defeated Ric Flair by disqualification. This was for the world heavyweight title. And this, you, you don't have to have the network to know about this, but there are a couple minutes of the of the beginning of that match that's lost because something screwy happened with the camera or um you know like the technology was messed up somehow so the first few minutes of that match are gone so okay. really, so we're really not missing much on that one right well here two things that I want to bring up here number one first off I didn't know any of that and the fact that Hawk faced Ric Flair, that shows me just how over the Road Warriors were at that time, mm-hmm. that you can take just half of them yeah. and say, yeah, you're a singles guy now. Secondly, that actually wasn't the show I was talking about. I was talking about the WWE slash F ran another show, which I thought you told me. Oh, the, the main event? Well, in general, because these guys, like we talked about it earlier, Savage and Honky Top Man, oh, in, a, in a feud... But neither yes. of them are here. And yes. instead we have jump well let me finish this. Instead we have jumping Jim Bronzel and dangerous Danny Davis. Mm-hmm. So if you're wondering why is why not put Savage in there? Because they're doing something for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you wouldn't have this as an all hands on deck situation. Yeah. Okay, so what uh, Jim was mentioning, because I messed up, you know, it's me. Um, there was a house show that night in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Um, and I have the results. This is courtesy of the history of WWE.com. Here are their hot results. Sensational Sherry defeated Rockin' Robin. Coco Beware defeated Sika. The Rougeau Brothers defeated the Conquistadors. Acts of Demolition defeated Buddy Lane, who was a substitute for Billy Jack Haynes. Okay. Smash defeated Ken Patera, Brutus Beefcake defeated Greg Valentine, and the Honky Tonk Man defeated Randy Savage by disqualification. Now, yes, some of them I can see absolutely why they were like, yeah, you go do that show. But like I said, Savage and Honky Tonk Man are in an actual feud. Yeah. So, now would you... I agree with you. Why are they not on there? How, cause I see, I don't know, again, I wasn't a big, and you'll learn this from the host Q&A if you guys listen to it, I was not a big 80s fan, I don't think I've watched much 80s wrestling at all, so a lot of this group I didn't really care about, um, particularly, you know, a, a jumping Jim Brunzel and a Sam Houston, um, or, you know, so it's, I feel like this is where it's kind of showing the weakness of the that something's up in that why are some people here and why some people are not exactly um also just want to mention real quick that last match at the bunkhouse stampede dusty Rhodes won the bunkhouse stampede match so, good for him yeah he's the only guy to ever win that match it's a specialty <laughs> match yeah it is uh, but no you know like you know we had talked about um a while back like Savage, Honky Tonk Man, Warrior, Coco could have been in this match. There's so many wrestlers that could have been used for that match. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a couple notes for this segment. 
uh, at one point, Vince says that he wouldn't want to be in this kind of match. And I wrote in parentheses, 99. Right, yeah. I, can, I actually can't wait for that one, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about that one. And then the other one, and depending on how you feel, this could either be considered funny or an insult. Uh, because Boris Zukov does come in and, you know, uh, Jesse asks Vince if he thinks that Boris Zukov and Nikolai Volkov were discussing strategy. Vince basically calls Nikolai Volkov dumb. He says that Nikolai is as smart as a stump. Right. It's like, wow, Vince, way to, way to really put your talent over there. (laughs) At this time, because there's not a real a whole lot that's really happening in this section, so I want to just switch gears just a little bit mm-hmm. and talk about the rest of this card, because for an event called the Royal Rumble, this is not the final match. No. And guess what, guys? There's no championship match. Well, Your actually, final match is good. Well, actually, there's one championship match. Uh, okay, there's no world championship right. match. That's what right. I meant that, to that's say. True. Okay. That's true. Uh, so yeah, uh, the very first Royal Rumble match ever, Ricky Steamboat defeats Rick Rude by disqualification. That's your opening match. Why weren't they in there? Yeah, why weren't those guys in there? Uh, the Jumping Bomb Angels beat the Glamour Girls in a two out of three falls match to win the women's tag team title. Mm -hmm. And this match that I'm going to mention was the last match of the show. The Islanders defeated the Young Stallions in a two-out-of-three-falls match. Now, to be fair, there was also a Hogan-Andre contract right, signing during all of this. Right, was probably the other big, uh, you know, vo- vocal point of the show was, oh, you're going to get this match, and then you get to see Hogan and Andre in the ring sign the contract. Mm-hmm. So that that's probably the other, you know, caveat to that show. And like I said, it's just a, it was weird to me that the final match is not the Royal Rumble match mm-hmm. or or the or a WWE slash F championship. Yeah. We're F right now, so I guess we'll be F for a while. We we'll F for a while. <laughs> then we'll then we'll get the F out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, like so. But I, why do I think there was something else that happened on this show that oh, is like a non wrestling? Uh, Dino Bravo attempted the world press. Oh, press God, that's right. What a terrible With thing. Jesse, uh, you know, being his quote-unquote spotter. It wasn't a bad idea. I just went felt like it took, went forever to get to the gag. Yeah. Nine, eight, yeah, and then the worst part seven, is, like, when he does six, it, Vince five, is like, oh, four, he had help. And then when they ask him, what are you talking about? All right. So uh, that's the buzzer. 11 through 15, 11 Don Morocco, 12 Nikolai Volkov, 13 Jim Duggan, 14 Ron Bass, and 15 B. Brian Blair. And I have written down here during this segment, uh, Boris Zukov eliminated. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the thing that is uh, glaring when you watch the show. Yes, besides Boris's head. <laughs> Don Morocco comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, known as The Rock. I'm almost yeah. sure about that. Yeah. The Rock Don Morocco comes out, and then Nikolai Volkov is right behind him. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine, but except Nikolai Volkov is basically, and I guess I should have mentioned this earlier, there is going to be cursing in this show. <laughs> so, I mean, it's definitely going to be cursing every show, to be honest with you. Right. Um, so yeah, explicit warning, make sure you were, we're putting that on each of these episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to change that, uh, <laughs> later. So Nikolai Volkov is right behind him and he's like so close to him. Like he's like almost up his ass. Mm-hmm. He really and, is. And there's two things I don't understand about this. Number one, Volkov is seeing Morocco go out why would he why do we think why does he think that he's supposed to come out with morocco like they're this great 80s tag team <laughs> secondly why does he come out so close yeah he's he's like six inches to a foot behind him he is so close and then what happens is morocco goes in 
And then Volkov is being told by the officials that, no, it's you're not supposed to go in. Mm-hmm. And it made me think about, was this on purpose or was it not? And I want you had two thoughts on this, I yeah, believe. I, I had two thoughts on this. The first thought was maybe Nikolai thought he was the next guy. So he follows Morocco. And, and, and that could have been an honest mistake, you know, because people do make mistakes. My other thought, and I never really thought about it until you and I talked about this. I wonder if Nikolai was told to go and follow Morocco to cause a little bit more chaos. Not too much chaos, but a little more, you know, confusion involved. Right. And again, this... I know we haven't gotten to the end of this rumble yet, but this is an excellent Royal Rumble in regards to Royal Rumble 101. Mm-hmm. There's nothing crazy that happens here. In the future, we're going to talk about um, people eliminating other people, even though they're not in the Royal Rumble. Yep. People that are eliminated, even though they didn't hit the ring at all. No shows, like it gets really complicated. Yeah, and, and, and people who eliminate somebody and they're not even a participant. Right, and and this one doesn't do that, but this is the only thing that people would be confused at. Mm-hmm. And in the overall scheme of things, it's really not that much. Right. Um, something that you brought up and I forgot about this was after the whole Morocco Volkov fiasco. Harley Race gets eliminated, and Duggan comes out. Duggan's the 13th man. And as he's coming out, Harley Race is going back, and he and Duggan have a little bit of a scuffle. Mm -hmm. And I had, or I explained that at that time, they were in sort of a, a little bit of a feud. It wasn't a big feud, but they were in a little bit of a feud, and it was all over Duggan not bowing down to the king. Because Harley okay. was the king at the time. Sure. So. Also during this, uh, and, and maybe I'm, uh, and by the way, I did have Harley Race was eliminated, and I have Jim Brunzel was eliminated mm-hmm. during this segment, so sorry I missed that. Mm-hmm. Um, is this where you said to me, and I, we might have missed this in the last segment, that it probably was the last segment, Um you had said to me when the Hart Foundation and um, uh, what, was, what is it? Uh, Natural Butch Reed were triple teaming Tito Santana. McMahon says, like, well, maybe Rick Martell can help him. Yeah, and Martell is not <laughs> in the match. If anyone should know this, it should be Vince McMahon. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Well, not only is Rick Martell not in the match, where is he? Yeah, where we, is we, he? I think we said where he was. He, he, I mean, he's not in He's not in Halifax, so where the world is he? Wait, he, I thought he said he was on the other on the house show. Mm-mm. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. Um, but no, but, um, another th- but one thing that I did have, and this really bugged me, cause, I mean, I like Jesse as an as a announcer, but he's like, Oh, I wouldn't be in this kind of a match. There's no way I would be in it. And then Jesse's like, you never know, McMahon. I could be number 20. And I'm like, bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on you. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, I wouldn't get in there. i got too much expensive clothes on. Also, I'm wondering if like that, if that's one of the catalysts of when announcers do show up for this thing. Because mm-hmm. that would happen in later years. Unfortunately. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, we, we'll complain about that, or at least I will when I get there for most of them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and also, out of nowhere, was there a Barry Bloom joke during this? Yes! Okay, I've never heard of this guy. You you might want to explain to everyone who Barry Bloom is. So, I mean, I'm not, an, I'm not a Barry Bloom expert, but I, from what I understand, Barry Bloom is an agent that worked with both talent on uh well va- just various talent because i know he worked with some guys on the wwf wwe side and he worked on some guys on the wcw side which is interesting when you think about that if they're negotiating contracts yeah and he kind of knows what others are making on the other side 
But anyway, so that's who he is. He's an agent. And from what I understand, he still does stuff today. I don't know who he's an agent to. Right. I would assume some of these guys that that come back that probably retained his services throughout the years. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not going to put names because I have no idea. Right. That's who he is. And out of nowhere, there's a Barry Bloom reference. You have written down what is said. Yeah. Okay, good, because I don't. Because Jesse's like, Vince, you're getting on my last nerves. If you keep it up, I'm going to get Barry Bloom. And Vince is like, Barry who? You know who. Right, he does know who. Yeah. Um, That was weird. And then in the next segment, there's another weird out of nowhere, like, why are you pulling names? Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) like, it really is weird, especially towards the end. Um... But something that I noticed, and I told you this um, a couple weeks ago, because uh, we have the Hearts, we had the Killer Bees, and we had the Bolsheviks in there. Those were like the only three teams for that Rumble. The Hearts are the only tag team that are in the ring at any point together during that match. And I found that very interesting because... You know, it was like, well, the tag teams are going to be involved. Maybe the tag teams will get together. But they they booked it to where this person would come in and then the other one would come later. It was was very weird. And then the other thing that I also noticed, and it goes back to my first note where they say to be eliminated, you got to go over the top rope. Well, a couple times during this, both Bs, Brunzel and Blair, they both go over the top, but they land on the apron. So it's sort of like, okay, well, are they eliminated? Are they not eliminated? Because mm. they never said you have to go over the top and have your feet touch the floor. It's just you have to go over the top. I didn't even catch that. That's a great point. So even in the first first attempt of this, there's already some controversy mm-hmm. in regards to an elimination. Yep. Um Ah, I, I did not catch that at all. And it just, like, it surprised me. I was like, are they, are, are they WWF, trying to have the fans say, think that they know that they got to go over the top into the floor, or are they supposed to, you know, it just, maybe I'm a little too unfocused on that, but that was something that I had noticed and I was a little surprised about, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, there's this. This is a solid group, I think. That up seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. And that is the last time we're going to use the timer because we have our last five. Sixteen is Hillbilly Jim. Seventeen, Dino Bravo. Eighteen, The Ultimate Warrior. 19, the one-man gang, and 20, the junkyard dog. So, obviously, a bunch of people get eliminated here, so we'll get to that when we get to it, um, since this is the last group. The Ultimate Warrior comes out... First of all, I had no idea he was in this. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, I... I, I don't know, it just seemed like he was not a big deal at all. Not at this point in time, no. And then also I have by the junkyard dog, in parentheses, I have the word thump, and then <laughs> three exclamation points. <laughs> I mean, I, that's the one I always like. You know, a lot of people like the junkyard dog, but one of the things I liked about the junkyard dog for some reason was he had the word thump on his ass. Yep. And what did thump mean? You know? I don't know, but... So at this point, we had Jim Neidhart eliminated, Sam Houston, Bret Hart, uh, Brian Blair, Jake Roberts, who I thought might have done more in this rumble and didn't. Uh, Like, oh, my God. (laughs) The one-man gang. And what I thought was... I know he was trying to run, or at least it Mm -hmm. looked like it, but I thought it was the slowest run (laughs) I've ever seen. (laughs) It's like... (laughs) (laughs) And then we had eliminated uh, Volkov, Hillbilly Jim, 
Danny Davis, who lasted longer than I thought he was going to. Yeah. Uh, the Ultimate Warrior and the Junkyard Dog. Um, I don't know why. I have a Bass question mark? Yeah, Bass got eliminated after the dog. Maybe because it was so close to each yeah. other, I have a question and, mark. And then, and then I want to mention this before we talk about the final four. Yeah. Because before the match, Vince is like, well, whoever's got number 20... Well, they're going to be in the driver's seat. They're going to be in the best position to win this Rumble. Junkyard Dog was in there two and a half minutes. (laughs) The shortest time of anybody in this match. So right off the bat, they threw away the whole, like, yep, the number matters. Yep, exactly. Also, the Ultimate Warrior was thrown out, and this goes back to what I was saying earlier. Thrown out like he was nothing. Like he was... Be Brian Blair. Like, of that, and that just amazes me because of what I know the Ultimate Warrior for. Again, I'm not too familiar that much with 80s wrestling, but I do know, like, the big moments, like that one when he beats Hogan. Mm -hmm. And it just amazed me. Uh, Did that do anything for you at all, that he was so not a factor in anything? Yeah, it, it was it was interesting because, you know, like you mentioned, we all know what the Ultimate Warrior would become, but he's in there, and, you know, he's gone rather quickly. Because um, one thing that I wrote was, because, like, the whole time during, you know, like, the two-minute intervals, they it, it looked like they were going the full two minutes. And then when they went from Warrior to Gang... The timer just went quick, mm-hmm. and that was like the only time that I noticed that. Every everybody else, you know, it felt like it was the whole two minutes. Yeah, and um, I apologize to everyone. I know you could hear the ambulance. I do live in the city, <laughs> so sorry. That's that's probably gonna happen. I can't control when that happens. Yeah. Anyway, uh, then also I want to mention before we get to the final four. Ventura mentions Bruno, Sam yes. Martino. Yes. Because he's like, you know what? I feel bad. Bruno's not in there. And, you know, Vince is like, oh, stop it, Jesse. And Bruno was commentating at this time for WWF. But I think he stays for like another month or so. And then he leaves. Yeah, and that's see, again, me not really knowing that I didn't watch pro wrestling in the 80s. I I had already thought that he might have been gone from the company completely maybe about five or six years before this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, But apparently he's still around, and all that really made me do when I found out that, that Bruno was still at the company is, well, then why didn't they throw them in this one, him in this? I don't know. Because like, I want to remind everyone, the winner gets absolutely nothing. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's sort of like you do a marathon race and then you finish like 140th. And you're like, what do I win? Nothing. Awesome. It's all about, you, you know what, you don't even finish because you have to get eliminated. So Yeah. Like, um, the final four, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Dino Bravo, One Man Gang, and The Rock... On Morocco, mm-hmm. Frenchie Martin gets drop kicked. Then Morocco goes out, which leaves us to Duggan, Bravo, and the One Man Gang. And then Bravo gets out, and then we have Duggan and the Gang. Uh, before we go on to the winner, do you have anything to add to anything that I just said? Yeah, I do. Okay, and great. This was my last note that I had. Was after Morocco gets eliminated. Jesse goes on this whole thing about how, you know, it's a two-on-one, Duggan's on his own, he can't, you know, he can't use his two-by-four to help him, it's nowhere in sight, and then you see on the far right corner of your screen, there's the shot of the (laughs) two-by-four right at ringside, so it's like, look, Jesse, look! And why did he say you keep, keep, well, I guess because he couldn't, he didn't know where it was. Yeah. Because you definitely can use the 2x4, which I might argue is maybe something 
that more wrestlers should have taken advantage of, meaning, meaning since it is no disqualification, yeah, why not no always disqualification. Bring, why not always bring a weapon? Now, granted, that isn't WWF 80s wrestling style, right? Especially the 90s, although. I don't remember if it's 2001 or 2002. There is a bunch of weapons that are used. But for every Rumble, always come in with a chair. Pretty much. Um, so, yeah, Duggan versus the gang. Duggan wins. Mm-hmm. More specifically, going back to the number situation, Duggan wins with number 13. Unlucky number 13 wins the first rumble that we're covering the very first rumble from the 13th position and so if there was a prize like there would be in later years we would have hogan versus duggan but that's not the case nope that is not the case because a week and a half or actually i should mention real quick this royal rumble uh this event at the time was the was the highest viewed wrestling program on cable TV ever with an 8.2 rating right. obviously that would change probably from the Monday Night Wars and other stuff right okay so yeah a week and a half later after this Royal Rumble would be the main event and the big rematch between Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant um, the most viewed professional wrestling match in the history of network television. It got a ridiculous number. I can't think of the num- the exact number, but it was like double digits. Andre beats Hogan for the belt, and then after he is declared the champion, Andre surrenders the title to Ted DiBiase, and then Jack Tunney a week later is like, well... Hogan lost the title. He's not champion. Ted DiBiase cannot buy the title. He's not the champion. Andre surrendered the title. He's not the champion. We don't have a champion. And that leads to the tournament at WrestleMania 4 to crown a new World Wrestling Federation champion. Which certainly Hacksaw Jim Duggan, since he won, should get a buy for the second round automatically. Uh, no... First match of the first round, Jim Duggan faces Ted DiBiase, and Andre the Giant causes Jim Duggan to lose. Ted DiBiase advances. Uh, Duggan, you should have fought for that's, uh, that bye. Yep. What did you think overall of this uh, this rumble? And then we'll probably start wrapping things up. I, I, I'll say this, because there's certain... I don't have categories as far as the Royal Rumble match. Like, I don't have, like, a grade system, but it's, like, for me, it depends on if it was a fun match to watch or, you know, if it... You know, it just depends on how I feel. And watching it, it, I thought it was good, but it wasn't fun. And And I guess the reason I say that is because this is the first one. And like you said throughout the whole episode, it's a learning process. This is Royal Rumble 101. And it's more of it's more of an introduction. Mm-hmm. If you want to call it that. And to me in that aspect as an introduction if I'm pulling over with so- pulling over with someone. If I'm having someone come by who's never seen a Royal Rumble match, and they're like, "Yeah, can you just show me, show me one?" Uh, I'm like, "All right, this." And if I show them this one, I think that person's going to understand it mm-hmm. uh, easily and not be confused. Whereas if I showed them some other ones, they might say, "Wait, if that was okay, why isn't that okay?" Because there are definitely aspects of the, in the history of Royal Rumbles that that that's the case where they again they all contradict each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think here's the best way for me to say this. Nothing got me super excited about things, right? But nothing also made me furious, mm-hmm. which I can tell you right now. And I know that this is only the first episode, but right. this might be the most calm I'm being throughout the period of the show. 
it, that, that's pretty true, folks. It, it probably because because I you know I'll, I'll get really furious about some nonsense or if I praise something, something that I could be really all about that too. Mm-hmm. And nothing really made me do that in this one. Yeah. So I'm pretty lukewarm myself right now. Oh yeah, like it's it's like it's not the worst, but it's not the best. It's like sort of in the middle of that pack, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's right. where it probably is. Um, one thing that we should mention before we do wrap up. Sure. Um, we should go into this a little bit real quick. At some point, actually starting with the '93 Rumble, when we have our guests. Oh yeah. Okay. No, we I know. We have. We have the Royal Rumble Wheel. That's what we're calling it. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it's going to be is we're going to have all the other Royal Rumbles on it, from 94 to the greatest Royal Rumble, and probably 2019 when we pass that point. Also in the 2018, both men and women's. Yes, we will have both of those. So Jim will spin the wheel, and he's going to spin it twice. Mm-hmm. We're going to have two options. The guest will then choose from those two rumbles which one we view next. But like Jim said, the first six we're gonna we're gonna go in order for the first six. So we're gonna we started in eighty eight, and then we're gonna go on to ninety three, and then after ninety three. Right, and again, like this could be two different sides. Of the timeline, because mm-hmm. let's say we could ro- run the wheel, and it could be one of them says 1996, and the other one says 2016. Yeah, and so they can be very, very different. And I mean, the, obviously, this show this show does have a shelf life because there's only so many Royal Rumbles out there. Um, but like I said, it's a bi-weekly show, so it's not like uh, we're gonna burn through everything real quick either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right, I guess let's give some final plugs. And remember, next time in two weeks, we're going to go over the next Royal Rumble. Yes. Uh, we mentioned this earlier, that wrestling show, the only podcast where all pro wrestling matters, myself and Fro, we talk about the news, everything going on. Plus, we like to have a featured topic every once in a while, and we do some fun stuff as well. Uh, that is up each and every Friday. And also check out my Patreon page, patreon.com backslash Bill's World, a podcast where you guys, if you like what you heard here and you like that wrestling show, you guys can help support some of the other podcasts that I do. All right. And of course, you can catch up with me at thatspodcasting.com. And also, if you want, I'm going to start posting some wrestling stuff uh, more often on at least Instagram on social media, mm-hmm. or at least I'm going to try. So it's that's podcasting on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, so yeah, you can check me out on there. Bill, why don't you send us out of here? All right. So in two weeks, Jim and I will be reviewing the 1989 Royal Rumble match. So thank you for listening. And the 1988 Royal Rumble has been eliminated.